This is Steve D'Agostino. This is Kier Nachado. This is TJ Walker, a.k.a. The Daddy. This is Gino Crandall from the Lester Riders. This is Ramon Fletcher. And you're now tuned in. And you're now tuned in. And you're tuned in to the BBL Show. BBL Show. BBL Show. BBL Show. BBL Show. Welcome to episode 31. I am Jay Marriott. He is Drew Lasker. How are you, Mr. Lasker? On court or off the court? I give us a bit of both. I mean, on court, obviously tough. You know, having the entire weekend to digest that debacle on Friday night was tough. But on the other side, off the court is great. You know, I got an opportunity to spend the whole weekend with my family, which allowed me to forget the game. And then our guy, Nat Coombs, invited me on Talk Sport earlier today to chat a little bit of NBA. So, you know... Not too bad, but what about you? I mean, the world is opening up tomorrow, which is tomorrow's Monday. We're recording this on a Sunday evening. I know you like your gym, you and your missus. So uh, are you looking forward to the world opening back up? Oh, there are two things I'm looking forward to. Yes, pumping a little bit of iron will be good to to get going. I, I'm turning into a little bit of a runner's body, a little Tom Hanks castaway style, you know, Wilson. And I'm looking forward to getting my hair cut, man. So the first actual lockdown, I was embracing the long locks. Now it's just flat out driving me crazy, buddy. So um, I'm glad you got some family time, though, man. And, and like I said, a little bit of time in Nat Coombs. Everybody wants a little bit of time in Nat Coombs. So sounds like overall, you know, the weekend won out for you over a uh, performance we won't talk about. Yeah. Anyway. Do we have an episode for you? We are joined by Sheffield Shark star guard Jeremy Hemsley. We talk NBA, we talk sharks, and a very honest conversation around mental health. We get the scores and top performers from a busy week, an important week. Player of the Week nominees, we revisit MVP talk in Hot Topics. We look back Lasker style, but first, your social media spy, it's the Marriott Minute. Okay, intrigued me. We go league news. So let's start with a big congratulations to Plymouth Raiders duo of coach Paul James and Ricky McGill for coach and player of the month awards as they play their part in this Raiders league surge. Interesting thoughts today from Glasgow Rocks owner Duncan Smiley as he expressed his disappointment in what he saw personally as a top six team quite surprised to hear that but sounds like coach Gareth Murray gets the vote of confidence for another season which is encouraging to hear tears I'm not crying you are Mr. Lasker as Surrey Scorchers media mogul did his last home game before moving on to pastures new he made a tremendous influence on the league the rumor is that Ware is upset because he needs closure but Tom my man good luck from all of us here at the BBL show. Engage me, Mansoor Ahmed, the legend with the lens, gave us a 25-year flashback at his first European game for powerhouse Panathinaikos with none other than the NBA Hall of Famer, Dominic Wilkins, taking them to one of many European titles. Mr. Lasker had no idea, tweeting, Dominic played in Europe? So he learnt something today friend of the show and showboating big man of the cheshire phoenix hasn't just been bringing the handles heat but now the referee heat as he tweeted about a charge call as he went up against former teammate jordan williams 
Watch it for yourself. Make up your own mind. And maybe soon we'll be bringing you a little ref perspective. Amuse me. There is just one thing that made me laugh out loud. You've seen Shacked in a Fool. Well, the BBL has one great entrant. Andre Lockhart has had a good time out with the squad, but upon returning, is thrown the ball out of bounds and has what I describe as a brain fart and starts dribbling up the floor. Great watch. He was very lighthearted about it, but we need more of these moments, these reels. You hear me? And that wraps up this week's Marriott Minute. Great catch up. And uh, I did catch that Lockhart moment. And it reminded me of the Russell Westbrook. I'm not sure if you saw that one where he dribbled <laughs> yeah. like he took about eight steps. Sorry. Yeah. For uh, dribbling the ball. So quite <laughs> funny. He's, maybe he's a little rusty, you know, like yeah, he's knocking the rust off. Let him go. Let him go. Well, moving on to league action and ballers of the week. League begins on Wednesday in London, where the Lions devoured the Rocks 110-73. DeAndre Liggins trying to move up our MVP ladder, finishing with 30 points and 7 assists, officially eliminating the Glasgow Rocks playoff hopes. Down in Worcester, the Wolves host the Riders with the series at 1-1, but the Riders with the head-to-head and the magic number is now three as they hold the Wolves to 57 points. Gino Crandell contributed to the Riders' 75 points with 12 of his own, including six rebounds and six assists. Finally, in Plymouth, where the Flyers look to secure that eighth and final playoff spot. After shooting a woeful percentage from the three-point line, the Plymouth Raiders used their defense to grab the win, officially qualifying for the playoffs, winning 74-65. Ashley Hamilton back to his normal self with 21 points and 7 rebounds. Friday at Virtue Motors Arena, the Eagles host the Giants in a makeup game from early December where the Giants shocked the Eagles by outscoring them 35-16 in the fourth quarter to win 95-91. Sam Cancel Jr. finishes with 22 points and 9 assists. Down the road in Sheffield, the Sharks get back on track with the shellacking to the Surrey Scorchers, 88-59. Antoine Lillard finishes with 24 points and 10 rebounds. Worcester Cheshire, both sides jockeying for playoff positioning, nip and tuck throughout the game, but after a controversial flop technical called on NBA, the Wolves pull away 83-76 with Marty B finishing with 18 points, 7 rebounds, and 10 assists. Saturday night at Morningside Arena where the Riders look to inch closer to a league title. Raiders without Prince eBay hold up their end of the bargain on the one versus two matchup. Plymouth up by four points with 48 seconds remaining. But when it's your time... The Riders somehow fight back to take it into overtime where they dominated the extra time, winning 93-85. Nelson Henry finishes with 19 points and 7 rebounds. Down south in Bristol, the Flyers looking to hold on to that 8th spot, 
but the Lions flexed their muscle in a convincing way, winning 84-73. DeAndre Liggins again looking to climb up that ladder, finishing with 18.6 rebounds and 10 assists. Sunday in Surrey where the Wolves look to carry over Friday night's momentum with the win over the Phoenix, but the Scorchers had plans of their own as they fight for that eighth seed themselves, winning 85-75. Lacey James continues his hot form with 14 points and 13 rebounds with the nice double-double. Up north across the border, Glasgow hosting the Phoenix, and Cheshire picks up a must-win over the Rocks, 84-77. Mike McCall leads the Phoenix with 14 points and three assists. And finally, over in Manchester, the Giants looking to build from their huge win over the Eagles and keep their playoff hopes alive against the Sharks. And it looks like Jamie Edwards might have to pull out that two-year extension on the table for Lloyd Gardner as the Giants get it done, defeating the Sharks 77-58. Satchel finishes with 18 points and 13 rebounds, where I'm sure the wing squad are enjoying the momentum. And that wraps up this week's league action as we move closer to the British Basketball League playoffs. Sheesh! If you are enjoying this episode of the BBL Podcast, support us on Patreon. Every contribution helps to fulfill our mission to distribute content that educates and inspires. Gifts of any size make a positive difference and are always appreciated. Great job, Mr. Lasker. Player of the Week nominees then. Lots to choose from. We cut it down to four. DeAndre Liggins, London Lions man, chasing on the MVP ladder, 30 points Four rebounds, seven assists, 36 index. Sheffield Sharks star guard Antoine Lillard going for 24 points, 10 rebounds, three assists for a 32 index. My man, Marty B, Worcester Wolves, Martin Bountneck, 18 points, seven rebounds, 10 assists for a 33 index. Flirting with a triple-double right there. And then we needed to make some room and some love for Lacey James, the Surrey Scorchers, their new big man coming in, 14 points, 13 rebounds, two assists for a 30 index. He's been playing at a high level for a while. So why not get him a mention? Okay, now time to change the pace. Slow it down and get velvety. It's the Alaska look back. In this episode of the Alaska Look Back, we're going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, as we look at the journey of Jeremy Hemsley. Speaking of Cali, you ever been to San Diego? Known as American's finest city, beautiful beaches galore, great areas such as La Jolla, Little Italy, 20 minutes away from Tijuana, and a two-hour drive from downtown L.A., You can see why Kawhi Leonard decided to stay in San Diego and make the daily commute to the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh yeah, I can vouch. Even name my daughter after the place as I spent my college years there. Right down the road from San Diego State where Jeremy Hensley attended. He came to SDSU as big man on campus, ranked 62nd in the ESPN Top 100, LA Player of the Year, and eighth best player in California, We're talking about a 2015 class that was led by Philadelphia 76ers Ben Simmons, New Orleans Pelicans Brandon Ingram, and Utah Jazz star Donovan Mitchell. Talk about clout. 
He made good on a former Fab Five coach Steve Fisher's investment as Jeremy starred for the Aztecs, starting most of his career as the lead guard. After moving on to what was hopefully a long NBA career, a misunderstood heart condition led to his NBA G League career finishing before he even got started. After sitting at home for a year, watching his bright future pass by, a former Shark and league MVP and Jeffrey Bond saved the day and gave Jeremy the best assists of his career, leading him to the Steel City and falling into a Tiba Lions lap as the Sharks' next savior. And that is your Alaska look back. Man, great job. Let's get him in the room. San Diego State alum and current Sheffield Sharks star guard, Jeremy Hemsley. Jeremy, thanks for joining us here at the show and welcome. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. What's good, my man? Welcome to the show, bro. Yes, sir, man. Everything good out here in the UK, far away from Cali, but everything is just right. Looking forward to it. We will talk about Cali in a minute because we all have Cali connections. So we'll talk about that in a second. Look, we've had some slack this week as we put up our MVP ladder and you weren't in that top six, but easily we would put you in our top 10. I think this is a huge testament to the impact that you are having in your rookie season. But how is it being a Shark so far this season? It's cool, man. You know, just the fact that they even took a chance on me, you know what I'm saying? I just, I got so much love and respect for the organization, but it's cool being a shark. You know, it's a, it's a real family orientated type of deal and everybody's real close and everybody is, you know, everybody's friendly, everybody's kind. So, you know, just for my rookie year, this being the first organization I've, I've been around, I think it's been more than what I could have expected it to be, but I'm having a good time. You know, I'm just grateful, like I said, that they took a chance on me. So the love and respect that I have for just the organization as a whole, it might be different from everybody else. No, that's great. And looking at the table as it stands today, you've dropped to seventh. Focusing on looking forward, what as a team have you discussed needs to happen to make these playoffs? And then once you get there, really make some noise around these playoffs. What do you think? Um, just just the consistency. That's something we've been talking about as a team, just the consistency. Um, sometimes we tend to be a first half or second half team. We just haven't really pieced the whole game together consistent enough. And I think that's where, not I think, I know that's where the issue lies because that's what we talk about. Yeah, just being consistent on both ends on the floor for the whole duration of the game. I think that's been our biggest issue. But, um, you know, we had, we had a really good practice today. We've been practicing hard. The competition has been good. So, you know, going into these last little seven stretch games, I think we have, we just got to be consistent on both ends and just do what coach is telling us and just try and do what we do in practice and bring that over into the game. Yeah, I, th- I think there's no doubt the talent's there. And in fact, Drew had, yeah. had said it before, like this is probably the first season where you could well see all eight teams yeah. have have a real chance, you know? So whilst in the past, maybe if, if we were having these conversations, you'd see people talk about it being maybe a bit tactical and trying to figure out who they want to play. But I think going into these playoffs, it's just about form. Last couple yeah. of weeks, making sure you got some good momentum. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you guys, if you can piece it all together, I mean, that's a talented squad right there. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. And I think not not to cut you off, but you know, I, I think like you said, it's it's talent everywhere on every team. And I think it could go either way. Um, I don't think one team is so much better than the other. So 
you know, I don't I don't think it's wrong for us to feel confident, even though our record may not show it. You know, I don't think it's wrong for us to feel confident that we can win these last little stretch of the games. Well, I mean, you guys have showed your potential, you know, those about a month ago when you played us yeah. in back-to-back weeks and you guys just just killed us. But just to get back on to your personal journey. Um, you've had a wild journey. You're ranked 63rd yeah. in the ESPN Top 100 in high school, L.A. Player of the Year and eighth best player in California before deciding to attend San Diego Stage, which is up the street from my alma mater, by the way, Point Loma. Hey, you know, I was I was San Fran. I wasn't too far away from you guys. You know? Okay, so they're go to they're go to Cali Tide. Okay. Yeah, not yeah. quite as yeah, nice yeah, a weather up the in the north though. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> just the journey. It's, it has been kind of crazy. I just want to mention with that journey, it seems as oh, though, okay. like just looking up your past, that you were trajectory towards the NBA. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you had dreamed that a level that you'd make it to? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Since I was. Two years old. Since I was two years old, that's that's always been a dream. It's always been a dream, man. I remember doing projects in the second grade, specifically talking about I want to be in the NBA. I used to sleep with my basketball, but yeah, that that was definitely the dream, and it still is the dream. Yeah, it's definitely not too late. But also, I was looking up. So talking about your journey. So last year, you set out the whole year. And you were actually supposed to play in the G League, but I read that there was an administration error on your medical form, so you were released. So just talk to us a little bit about what exactly happened there. So I get to Atlanta, and I get out there because my agent had told me, at the time my agent told me that Atlanta had won me, and I had did a workout for them at that time because I did a few little, little workouts during that summertime like for the Kings and for the Lakers, their G League teams. So I get to Atlanta and I sleep. I go to sleep. Next day, I, we got to go to the facilities, facility to to get a physical and all that. So on the paper, it's a paper you have to fill out. And one of the questions is, um, do you have a heart murmur or something along the... It was about the heart. Mm-hmm. And I circled yes. So just off of that, I was sent home. Um, I, I did a... They had me do an EKG for my heart, you know, I don't even think they really looked at my results. They kind of just sent me home because when I went home, I went to see a cardiologist check to make sure my heart was okay to see. You know what I'm saying? They sent me home based off of this, the test that I have from when I took the physical. They sent me home. So when I get home, the first thing I'm doing is going to see a cardiologist. So I go to see a cardiologist and she's saying she can't hear her heart murmur. You know, everything's fine. So it kind of was just based off of me circling yes on that paper because it couldn't have been based off of me taking that EKG from my heart because when I went to see the cardiologist, everything was fine. So I was only in Atlanta for a day and leading up into that point, I was working so hard because it was after graduation, you know, I'm just, I'm working for an opportunity and I, I really worked my hardest ever just to even get that opportunity. And when they told me that they were sending me home after I had been there a day, like I never even saw the court. I was I just I was just so hurt, man. Like, and that's that's what led into being at home for that year, um, that whole Atlanta situation. And after yeah. that, I was home all the way until the Sharks called me. Yeah, was that an accident? You circling yes on that form, or or did you really have a heart murmur? Well, um, in college, I had went to I had like went to our athletic trainer, and I went and got an EKG because I felt like something was wrong with my chest, but at the time it ended up just being heartburn. So that's the only thing I have from going to see a physician or anything, a doctor about my heart was 
this was my sophomore year. I went to the doctor because my diet was just bad. I was eating bad. I had heartburn. Yeah. So, you know, they, so, you know, the, the G League team will do their research. They, they'll reach out to your previous athletic trainer and, you know, they have records for me going to the doctor to get my heart checked out. But, you know, obviously the whole story wasn't told. So it was just kind of just, it was basically just a whole, once they, once they saw that this kid could possibly have heart problems, they like, you know, mm-hmm. that's a risk. That's a risk. Kind of they they it. It. Yeah. Yeah. home. So just basically a big misunderstanding, but ultimately for you and your career, you ended up sending out the entire season. And I can actually relate to your story because I actually sat out my whole first year after graduating and man, it's, it's a dark, tough time until I ultimately signed with the Plymouth Raiders a year later, which for me, like after going through that, it was like a dream come true. But I actually saw an emotional post on your Instagram when you landed that first deal with the Sharks. Just talk about how the shark situation came to fruition and what exactly it meant to you to get that deal after sitting out a year. So Jeff Bonds, who played for the Sharks, who I'm not even, I'm not even really personally close with him. We just have somebody mutual that we're both close with and that we know. So one day I'm, I'm going to the gym, I'm doing my routine like I usually do because what else I'm going to do? I'm not going to sit on my couch. So I'm doing my routine, I walk in the gym and then this is my old travel ball coach. He was on, he was with Jeff Bonds and they both called me. He called me and was like, would you play, would you play in the UK? I'm like, I'm playing anywhere at this point. Like, I, yes, I'm playing in the UK. And then he said, okay. And he called me back like an hour later. And this was Jeff on the phone. And Jeff was telling me about the Sharks and, and how my old travel ball coach was telling him about the type of player and the type of person I was. So he basically, Jeff Bonds basically put in a good word to the Sharks about me. And I and the Sharks pretty much just gambled and was like, yeah, we'll take them. After, their, after them, which I'm assuming they did their research about me and all that, they just, they kind of just took that chance on me. Jeff Bond speaks, man. That's 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 big noise in the UK, man. He was a great player. Right. That's that's a, that's a good name to come out right there. So I think right. you, you probably find Coach Lyons has a lot of trust in him. So uh, that's great, man. Great name. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, definitely thanks to Jeff for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Co MVP of this league as well. That's why it's, you know what you just mentioned is important, man, about character. Because just say if you weren't a good guy, he would have never vouched for you like you did, and you wouldn't be yeah. a Sheffield Shark today. So that's important. But you know, t- let's talk about a little bit extra time at San Diego State. Um, you had a great career there. You were named Mountain West Conference All Defense your senior year. So who who has been some of the toughest guys in the British Basketball League for you to guard? I'll say Gino. Yeah. Gino. Gino, he got a little shake. And obviously, <laughs> and that, and that's not and that's not on disrespect to any of the other guards because all the other players at my position in this league are tough to guard, oh, especially Ramon Fletcher, especially Fletcher. But Gino, you could just tell, like, I don't know, and he's he's kind of a big guard too. He's just he's a problem, you know. I, I I'm somebody that kind of talks trash, and I don't really like to give people their props on the court, but that boy is a problem. <laughs> Gino is a problem. <laughs> I promise you. So I, I got a lot of respect for this game. I, I would say Gino. There's definitely a lot of respect there. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's a, a great shout, really, to be fair. He's, he's playing really well at the moment as well. So, yeah. look, one thing I could... Uh, we're always looking for value when um, we speak to players, coaches, whoever we have come on these episodes, we're looking for that real value for listeners. And I think one of the things that I saw early on when you signed and, and managed to read this article 
was this, uh, you know, openness you had in this college to talk about your mental health issues. And look, we have a stigma as males that we all struggle with. It, it doesn't come comfortably to us to be so open and candid. Yeah. But I read this article around you and, and thought it was just, it was really honest. It was really genuine. And I've spoken in earlier episodes about my own struggles. Arguably, the, the pandemic maybe brought a greater emphasis on this with all the restrictions and difficulties. In your opinion, as males, how can we understand mental health isn't something to be ashamed of? And how have you navigated that understanding having gone through it yourself? To answer the first question, I think just as males, we just got to understand, we got to understand that we're human. You know, we, we feel emotions and you're going to go through things. You're going to feel down and you're going to feel vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? And that's just a part of being alive. I think men tend to just as being people that are masculine, we want to we want to have that that hard cover on like nothing can penetrate that and and nothing can get to us. But, you know. That's not what being human is. Human is being human involves feeling feelings and going through things and having up and down. So I think when you look at it from that perspective, it's like this is what I'm going through and and I understand this is normal. There's no reason to feel ashamed about this. But to answer your second question, how I deal with it, really just a lot of praying, man. I'm somebody that believes in God and not to push God on anybody that doesn't believe in God out there, but I believe in God and I have a lot of faith and that's helped me through everything, my family, and also just wanting to feel better when I was feeling those thoughts, when I was feeling like, when I didn't really love myself, it felt like there was always that voice in my head that was telling me I could get through this, that made me want to keep getting through this. And I know everybody may not have that voice, but you know, try to open up to your family, try to open up to the ones around you, even though it's a hard thing to do. That's just what I would suggest. Everybody has their own way of getting through the mental side of life, but I would just say be more receptive to to the love around you. And it's okay to be vulnerable around the people that love you. I thought one thing that was really interesting about that article as well, and from, from an athlete's perspective, is you were talking about the kind of drop in numbers through that season as well. And I, yeah. and I often think that we forget about the human element. We forget that there's other yeah. things going on in people's sure. lives. And when those, when those sort of performances drop, I, I think sometimes we forget to check in with the human and we're, we're, we're only ever mm-hmm. thinking about the athlete, you know? So we've got to be careful sure. in terms of our roles with podcasts and things like that, that we make sure we highlight things, but we don't go right. after those situations because you never know what's behind it, you know? Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Interesting. Sure. But I really appreciate your openness about that. I think yeah. that will help a lot yeah. of people to, to understand. I've, I've said before, you know, you've got the NBA, Kevin Love really, comes to mind in in that situation people are being a lot more sort of candid in their conversations about that and I think it's only going to be a a positive for people but um, I want to finish focusing on a few of your Sharks teammates because you do have some rather big characters in that Mm -hmm. group let's start with uh, Mike Tuck a big friend of the show right here what's it been like having a veteran of his experience on the team you know, this is really like the first vet I've had, like, especially it being my rookie years. I've always wondered about these type of things, like what it's like having a vet around. So Mike is somebody I pay attention to. You know, he's always positive. He's always laughing if everybody else is on edge or if things are going a little, uh, you know, 
sideways. He's always the one that's that's the positive voice to try to bring everybody, you know, just back in the moment. But Tuck is just somebody, you know, just just watch watching how he moves and how he how he carries himself as a man. I, I can respect it a hundred percent. Um, and I'm picking up on things that he's doing just because you know he's older than me. And as a man, as a basketball player, everything I think he's I couldn't have asked for a better vet for my first year for sure. We got a lot of love for Tuck on the show here, yeah. and I think throughout the league as well, he's got he's got a lot of respect. And I think even those people that really enjoy getting on him on the on the opposition, yeah. I think I think they love a bit of Tuck as well. So, <laughs> and Tuck will love Tuck will love that which you just said. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh he came God. he came I'm on here he, he came on here and put himself in the all time legends list so that's that's how confident <laughs> we've got mike tuck but look we, I, I got one very important final question okay so antoine and kip they won our valentine's day bromance okay Man. there's two questions i've got about this one did you celebrate this momentous achievement as a team and two <laughs> was it a fluke or are they truly a strong bromance no, we did not celebrate that. And it's very true. It's it's very true. It's, it's very true. I love that. It's strong. Dynamic. It's strong. You could tell. It's strong, I'm telling you. You could tell, huh? That's funny that everybody knows that. Like that's actually funny. Yeah. They're just, they're just very they're just like they just vibe off each other, which makes it funnier. Yeah. You know, oh, like I, I really enjoyed having them on the show because we saw what was going on behind the scenes with Buzz Productions. Oh, they were on the show. That's funny. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's so funny. Before we let you go, we posted our top six, actually, MVP ladder, which, by the way, MVP ladder means that it can change at any time. Right, up right, and down, okay. baby, up and down. Right, yeah. right, but right. I'm going to put you on the spot. I don't even want you to take time to think about it. Give me cool, cool. right now your top five MVP ladder. Number my one, top five. Of course, just as a competitor, I'm gonna put myself first. But if I'm not being biased towards myself, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Gino or Liggins as number one. Now you gotta choose so which just, one. That's a BBL okay, just for the sake just for the which, sake of it, I, I, I'll put Gino one. Okay, put, Gino um, one. I'll put Liggins two. Okay. I'll put myself third. Okay, I like it. Tuck esque, of course. That's his vet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna throw myself in there. Four and five. I'm trying to think of teams. There's some killers. There's some killers in this. Okay. Dirk. I like Dirk. I'm on Dirk on that list too. I'm gonna okay. put Dirk on that list. You got one more: Gino, Liggins, yourself, Dirk, number four. Fletcher, 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 Fletcher. Nice. I mean, he only leads the league in points and assists, so you got. Uh, I, yeah, because I, I knew I was forgetting somebody like I'll early you, too. I will put you on the spot. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, that was good. That that, that was some good That's choices. And hey, listen, I I think personally, if you go storming into that playoffs and you're able to take the Sharks to to win something this year, then then why not? You got to be in that yeah, top five conversation. Not, I like not, it. Man. So that was good. That was a bit naughty, of Drew, putting you on the spot, but you did a great job, buddy. Yeah, so. yeah, that was that was naughty for sure. Man. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, look. Thanks for your time um, and your honesty as well. That was a really great yeah, conversation, yeah, sure. but um, the listeners will get real value from that. I know that. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Playoffs cool. come in, so you know, make sure you're there. Make sure you're ready. And we'll see you soon, buddy. Thanks for your for time. Sure, man. Appreciate you guys, man.
No doubt. San Diego right, representing, baby. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right, it, sir. Thanks, man. Appreciate yes. it. Okay, great guest. One of those where you just wish for more time, especially that honesty around mental health really could have got into that conversation a lot deeper. We'll have to return to that for sure. Okay, finally, hot topic sees us going back to the MVP ladder talk. The MVP talking and talking did they do as you saw over (laughs) social media. Jeez, that woke everybody up, didn't it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It got a little conversation going. Let's put it that way. A few conversations. Uh, A couple. But, you know, I said my piece and I kind of stay low key about the fact, but I saw you a little bit animated and uh, opinionated and you tried to answer back at a couple of people. So this is your platform. I I, want to hear what you got to say further on this. Let's clear this thing up for the listeners. Okay, the Marriott rant. No, I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. So, yeah, I think from my perspective, first of all, it's our opinion. Uh, For some reason, I think maybe it got a little bit crosswired that people think that we're actually choosing the MVP for the British Basketball League. I haven't received the call from Selena yet. So unless you got some inside information, we ain't picking nothing. No. Okay. For me, we could tease this MVP ladder thing on a little bit and try and keep some people happy and stuff like that. But for me, I want to clarify my position. And we do differ. You know, it's not it's not like we just sat here. We agree on everything. There are some gray areas and, and I like to go there too. But let's clear up a couple things with the MVP talk because there wasn't just some conversations out there for who should be the top five players. There were people fighting for top 20 players to be in there. <laughs> we can't put everybody into that mix. So let's separate them right from the get-go. Okay, for me, I love me some statistics. Okay, thank you, Dan. Thank you, David. And those guys are going to live in the minutia and give us exactly the separation that we need in that area. But before we get there, we have to understand it's about winning. Okay, there's some people out there, they were talking about that not being fair on the individual. Okay, so for me, we don't play golf, we don't play tennis. Okay, this is a team sport, and you are measured on your individual talent translating to you winning. So, that being the prerequisite at the moment, that just gives us three guys Mm -hmm. because. The other guys that you're, you're, you're fighting for to get on your MVP ladder or are fighting to get on our ladder only have the playoffs. The, the playoffs will, I'm, I'm guessing the MVP will be named as the playoffs start. So they're not going to have a chance to make that right. So they don't get through the door for me. So we only got three guys. I'm not going to keep teasing and trying to add a few people and move a few people up the ladder. Let's just separate the big boys from the rest. Okay, that's not me. Let's clarify. That's not me saying there's not some great players out there. You know, I love me some Ashley Hamilton. Like, I love him. I think he's a great player. We had a fight earlier in the year because you stole him off me when I was trying to name him as MVP earlier in the year. But the, the fact remains, Fletcher has a trophy in the cabinet. Liggins has a trophy in the cabinet. And the only other person that gets his name in the conversation, who's they still have a little bit of work to do, but they've they, they've done the main work, is Gino Crandell. 
Pete made a great point to me. He said to me, why are teams below Leicester maybe got a couple of players that he thinks could be MVPs? For me, I think that that's a testament to how good Leicester Riders are as a team. You know, obviously right now, I think Nelson Henry is playing at a really, really high level, much more efficient than he was earlier in the year. Some tough shots, uh, tough shots against Raiders the other day, some big shots against Raiders the other day. But for me, it's Gino Crandell is the clear leader of this team. Talent wise is at another level. He's playing hurt right now and still putting up crazy, crazy numbers. And I think that they're going to win the league. So for me, those are the three guys that we keep on that MVP ladder. Everyone else is just subjective. So if you like them, stick them on the ladder. But for me, it's just three guys, three guys. And look, if for some reason Lester choke and Gino Crandell en- ends up with no trophy, it would be very difficult to see him named as MVP. So hopefully I brought some clarity to that part of the race. And obviously in the playoffs, guys, listen, in the playoffs, me and Drew have sat here and said this, that this is the first year when any team one through eight could legitimately make a run and do something special. That's super exciting to me. So that you're still going to talk about your favorites, but for me, anything could happen in that league. If you look at riders, they are winning the league. They deserve to win the league, but they are not blowing teams out by huge numbers. Everybody is in and around them. Everybody keeps it close. So there are going to be teams so If you do have a Hayes, if you do have a Ross, for example, and they go on to win a playoff championship, then yes, they can have the playoff MVP. And yes, we will give them some shine. But for now, it's a three-horse race. (laughs) You done? (laughs) And breathe. And breathe. You sure? sure? (laughs) Unless unless you add something else that just happens to (laughs) stoke my fire, then I'm good. Hey, well, Tuesday afternoon, the Wolves are going to be coming at you. I'm pretty sure because obviously everyone is pretty biased when it comes to this conversation. And I'm going to keep it brief because you pretty much hit everything on the head. Uh, The only part that I disagree with you on, and we talked about this before recording, is that necessarily you I, I don't believe you have to win something to become the MVP. So, for example, let's use Ashley Hamilton, who we have some huge Ashley Hamilton fans out there. And let me make this clear. I actually voted for him for the the midseason MVP. So I am an Ashley Hamilton fan. So I don't know why everyone all of a sudden made it seem like I don't like Ashley Hamilton. What I said on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, this is why it's important that you listen to the episode and not just the clips and not just the graphics. I said availability is the best ability. And so you have to be present and Gordon and Hamilton missed a month of time, which knocked them out of the conversation for me, but it's not the end. There's still time for them to work their way in. But going back to my point, if the Plymouth Raiders finish runner up and and Ashley Hamilton is leading the league in points and assists like a Ramon Fletcher, then we have we have a conversation, even if Plymouth doesn't win the league cup or trophy, which they haven't. So I don't necessarily believe you have to win something, but you better be doing something pretty impactful. You better be doing something pretty special. So that's where I am with that. Just to give you guys some perspective, I actually went and looked up some NBA stuff 
because I was actually on Nat Coombs show, so it, it made it fitting. So I went and looked at the MVP ladder for the NBA, and you guys got on me for dropping guys out for missing a month. When the NBA, they're even more cutthroat as they drop you for missing a week as James Harden has been up there in a conversation with the Joker and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid was actually the favorite. He missed three weeks because of a knee. He's out of it. James Harden missed three games with a hamstring. He's out of it. Now, obviously, those guys can work themselves back. But at the current moment of time, that's why it's called an MVP ladder. It's right now, today, next week, that could change. But that's where that's at. So you have to be on the court. And and one more point. If Geno Crandell never comes back for that wrist injury and Lester Riders win the league, then we even got a conversation about Gino because the way it was looking, Connor was maybe devaluing Gino's efforts this season because Connor was playing very well and filling those shoes in quite seamlessly. So with that being said, that's where I am on that. But that's what makes this fun, guys. It's, it's nothing personal. This is all opinion, all debate. And this is what we need more of in the British Basketball League. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, you took a little bit more heat than I did, so I just kind of found it quite funny. But for me, you're absolutely right. There are gray areas, and in those gray areas, they have to be a greater factor than winning. So it has to be something that's happening that's sort of generational. But if you look at the one person that's doing that, who's making history books and climbing through the history books, books is Fletch. Yep. So, um, you know, he I've already mentioned him, so he's already in there. So uh, for me, I think it's just a three-horse race. And if you would like some more perspective, jump on Twitter and I'll give you exactly why I think it's a three horse race. Dan is now going to be racing through statistics to make sure that he's proven who those three are and what kind of level that they are at. And then Dave will no doubt come on and reaffirm why Liggins can't win the MVP for the reasons (laughs) that he has mentioned on Twitter. So um, look, that's it for me, folks. Appreciate you as always. Do not miss out on Patreon, okay? Things Mm. are heating up this week and only going to get hotter as we come towards the playoffs. Lots going on behind the scenes. You are going to want this in your life for less than three pounds. So get involved. Don't miss out. I don't want you guys to be suffering from a serious case of FOMO. Drew, lead us out. Mm, And there it is. And yeah, guys, see you next week. Same place, same time. And if you're part of our Patreon community, head over to Facebook because we're not done. We got another segment for you guys that we're going to record after we wrap this show. So uh, we're going to keep the conversation going. So if you want to hear more, guys, come on over there to the private community group and uh, get some more content. And like Jay said, we got some cool stuff coming. We got some great guests jumping in there. So Until next time, we'll catch you guys next week on The Show. The Show, baby. Thanks for listening to The BBL Show. The BBL Show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Keep up to date with the show by following The BBL on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events, and fan interaction. Until next time.